Welcome to H2O Radio, where we follow water wherever it leads. We bring you stories about everything and anything to do with water. On today's show, Cowboy Conservation. And here's your host, Jamie Sudler. Nothing conjures up the image of a world without water like a desert. Desertification, where large areas of land are turned into barren deserts, is increasing at an alarming rate to the point where now about 25% of the Earth's land is becoming desert. Every year, about 29 million acres worldwide are lost, and that rate is increasing. Desertification is mostly caused when land is cleared for cultivation or mining, as well as by prolonged periods of drought. Another well-known culprit is livestock, mostly cattle, sheep, and goats, overgrazing land and leaving soils bare. Given that, many were surprised to hear Alan Savory, a biologist from Zimbabwe, declare that those maligned creatures could be the very thing that reverses desertification. In a recent TED Talk, Savory explained how the migration of ancient herds played a role in creating and maintaining good soil. Now, large herds dung and urinate all over their own food, and they have to keep moving. And it was that movement that prevented the overgrazing of plants, while the periodic trampling ensured good cover of the soil, as we see where a herd has passed. Savory's idea of mimicking migrating herds and applying that movement to ranching is called holistic management, and it's certainly not without its skeptics. After giving his TED presentation last spring, many criticized his methods as dodgy science and utter nonsense, citing lack of data and adequate research proving his methods work scientifically. But others think his ideas are worth trying. One high-profile group taking his planning approach seriously is the Nature Conservancy. The Conservancy and partners are testing holistic planning by working with sheep herders in Argentina. They've also purchased the Fox Ranch in eastern Colorado, where they are experimenting with holistic management principles, calling it cowboy conservation. Another Coloradan is engaging in this so-called cowboy conservation, but in his case it's out of necessity rather than curiosity. Mark Gloth and his sister are cattle ranchers in the Rocky Mountains not far from Colorado Springs. Their ranch was severely impacted by the Hayman Fire of 2002 that burned forests in central Colorado for 20 days. It destroyed 600 structures and was the largest fire in the state's history. Ranchers lost livestock, feed, fencing, and equipment, and rushed against time to move their cattle out of harm's way. The Hayman fire experience to me was all about finding and moving cattle. That's Mark Gloth. He's taking us on a tour of the ranch where we see both beautiful pine forests, but also barren areas where dead tree trunks linger like tombstones, marking the place the trees used to be. Under a deep blue sky on a crisp autumn day, he tells us about the challenges he faced coping with a fire of such magnitude. My favorite story is, is the fire was burning and uh, there was a newborn calf. And that evening as it got dark, there was this new calf and, and we had moved the cattle. We were hoping out of the way the direction the fire was coming. In the morning when we got back, the the group had moved and there was no calf. And so... I went looking for the calf, fully expecting to find a lump on the ground. And there was a lump on the ground, but it was alive. And I picked him up and proceeded to carry him. And he, he, 
He peed and pooped on me, broke my sunglasses, but I got back to the cows, and it's a group of mother cows, and he was he was bellering in distress, and we had just come to the highway, and so I jumped in the back of the pickup truck, and Lori drove across the road, and those 40 mother cows stayed hot on that calves trail, trail, and that's how we moved the cattle out of harm's way. Once the immediate threat to the animals had passed and the smoke had cleared, Mark came to grips with his new reality. The fire had burned so hot that it created what are called hydrophobic soils. In severe, slow-moving fires, the combustion of plants creates a gas that penetrates the soil profile. As the soils cool, this gas condenses and forms a waxy coating on the surface. In hydrophobic conditions, water can't be absorbed into the ground, leading to severe erosion. Additionally, seeds can't germinate, and surviving plants have difficulty obtaining moisture. If you have healthy soil, if we had healthy soil, it might absorb four to five, six inches even of moisture as it comes down, depending on how quickly it comes down. When you have soil like we have now after the fire and also where we are in the mountains, etc., as little as a quarter inch of, of water can start to run off. So if you get two or three inches in 20 minutes, most of that is going to come downhill and be concentrated by the draws and and you're going to get incredible erosion. And when you think about when the rain falls, if you have vegetation, the rain doesn't hit the ground directly. It gets busted up by the grass and doesn't hit the soil and soil crumb. And so when, you, when the ground's a little bit protected, the soil is, is, develops quicker and is more productive. We tend to look at a landscape and not think of the life that is in the soil, whether that's bacterial worms, beetles, we don't have much of that. And so, you know, how do we, how do we kickstart that life? Well, are there any ideas that you know of to kickstart that? The ideas that I'm aware of have to do with uh, things, things like what Alan Savory has, has identified uh, uh, in grazing management uh, about in this environment, uh, there's the biological impact of the ruminant animal but also the physical impact of if you get them close enough together where they're not watching where they're stepping, they will step on, whether it's a weed, whether it's grass, whether it's a piece of wood, and push it into the ground or push it down to the ground. If it's down on the ground, then there's a little bit more moisture and there's a chance that there's going to be some breakdown biologically. If you don't step on that thing and you leave that that grass sticking up in the air, you'll see a lot of white. There's no, it's not being pushed down where some biological, a little bit of moisture and some biological activity can break it down and be part of building soil. It's just oxid, oxidizing. We've stopped near a place where there's a big rubber circular thing coming out of the ground. What is that, Mark? That's a, collection area for a spring and uh, basically we found that spring by there was a very large pine tree that got blown down in the wind and when the roots came over the hole that it made when you look down in there there was some water and basically in this environment as dry as it is where's that water table and can I use it can I daylight it can I bring it to the surface for a drinking water or drinking water for the animals but also, what, how do I manage it to grow more grass? 
How important is it to you and the ranch to find these types of springs? Water's the number one thing to grow anything from the animals to the grasses. So um, water is water's life. While it's yet to be seen whether holistic management can reverse desertification globally, one small cattle operation in Colorado is counting on it to cope with the effects of fire and drought. To see pictures of both the devastation and the renewal of Mark Loth's Pinehurst Ranch, visit our website at h2oradio.org. There you can also find links to learn more about holistic management and the Nature Conservancy's Fox Ranch Project. You're listening to H2O Radio.